Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Highway 555. My name is Raquel. Today I'm joined by special guest Jane Allen. Jane is a fashion designer, fine artist, longtime astrologer, and she is currently living in Vancouver, Washington. We actually met at a full moon circle last month. And when she mentioned that she is a human design practitioner, I was immediately hooked and I just had to ask her to be on the show. So, hey, lady, welcome to Highway Triple Five. Thanks for being a part of the show today. Hi, Raquel. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. I'm so excited that this, you know, this worked out. Like, I know the timing, you know, schedules are always crazy, but oh my gosh, I have been looking forward to this for the last, literally the last month because the last time we, the last, well, I mean, the last time I saw you and the last time we talked was on the full moon of last month. So this is, this is like full circle. <laughs> it sure is. I didn't even consider that. Yeah, we are totally in alignment right I now. I love it. It's, oh my gosh, it's beautiful. So, okay. So before we get started, I, I mentioned this in my notes that I sent to you, but I usually begin my episodes with what I call a weekly viewpoint, which is just sharing like a little glimmer, something fun beautiful or memorable that happened um, to you this past week. So as a guest, I would love for you to go first. Do you have anything specific you would like to share? Oh, sure. I, um, well, we're, we're approaching Halloween right now. And I did a couple Halloween related things last night that were very fun. Oh, that's right. I I saw your story on Instagram. Oh yeah. (laughs) It looked so fun. What'd you guys do? I had two different costume changes for two different (laughs) events. I perform with a historic troupe of mummers locally here in Portland. Wait, what is that? Called Risk of Change. Um, A mummer is a little bit like a clown. We do group costuming. Oh my gosh, how cool. It is very cool. The troupe originated... um, for Oregon Country Fair primarily and so we perform at Oregon Country Fair and we march behind the marching bands in the parades and do like group costuming and interactivity and oh my word that is so fun okay so what was the group what was the group costume that you guys did last night we were trolls and we're like (laughs) Very trolly trolls, like not <laughs> like cutesy trolls. We're like garbage eating, like bridge trolls. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, I remember seeing the story of that because I was like, "What is happening?" I mean, like obviously it was Halloween themed, but I was like, "Oh my goodness!" <laughs> like, why is Jane, who's usually a glamazon, like hideous in these pictures? <laughs> it was great. Oh my god! Did you guys have fun? Where did you guys go? Was it just like a house we party? We were or at you- a local property that is called green anchors and they had an event that was bringing awareness to climate change and their property has a lot of interesting kind of like warehouses and like open warehouses Mm -hmm. um, and also some great boats it's on the the river oh what um they had a haunted house and a stage and rizzo played Oh and my word! Some How... Friends of mine were like backup singers, and it was just a really fun event. And a lot of people were dressed up. That sounds like amazing. It was fun. Oh my <laughs> we wore masks. I you saw in the story yes, that we right, were right, right. in these like 
horrific looking troll masks and then like layers of just like cloaks and just really looking like trolls <laughs> how amazing. we had a big cauldron we were like putting children in the cauldron and making like <laughs> soup wow and wait you got you said you had like a costume change did you have more than just the the troll costume or i did i went home after the event where we did trolls and i got dressed in my beetlejuice costume for my friend Coralie's um halloween party she's a local tarot reader okay and (laughs) she threw an amazing event her house looked so like cute spooky beautiful and I got to wear my black and white striped costume with my matching black and white striped top hat my partner uh was has a Beetlejuice costume that I've completely commandeered from him (laughs) (laughs) of course (laughs) I'm like this is mine now this looks great on me totally a, a me thing yes we love it oh my gosh how fun that's I love dressing up. It's one of my favorite things ever. Yes. Well, okay. And and being a fashion designer, you do, you design a lot of your own costumes and stuff, right? I do. Quite a few of the things that I wear, I have designed and upcycled. I do a lot of upcycling. That's I'll take right. existing garments and then put them on their highest path. I actually run a gate with human design that like takes things in the physical world uh-huh. and like sets them on their highest path with spirit. Oh, what the heck? I didn't yeah. know this. <gasps> yeah. So I take little weird things and uh, make them divine. Oh my God. Okay. Yes. I do follow your other Instagram, like your fashion design Instagram account. And I have, seen- yeah. Yes. Okay. 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 That makes sense now. <gasps> okay. We're going to have to get a little bit more into that because that is perfect for this episode. Um, and then obviously to my listeners, I will be linking all of Jane's, all of Jane's socials and all the things in the episode description. But oh my gosh, that's so exciting. That's so cool. I love that. <laughs> Thanks. Me too. It's a fun, <laughs> it's a fun time. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, my uh, fashion company is called I'm Crowning. Mm-hmm. I've been in business since like 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. I started my company in the Bay Area and started with headwear. And now it's headwear and accessories and a lot of clothing that's been upcycled too. Yeah. No, your your work is incredible. I remember when I first met you and we exchanged um, Instagram, um, accounts and everything. I looked up your stuff and I was like, wait, what the heck? Like, this is insane. Like, so <laughs> cool. Like, and when you said that it was like all upcycled, I was like, wait, what? Like, I've never seen anything like this. It was beautiful. And so just so unique. So amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. So for me personally, I think for my weekly viewpoint, I mean, it's going to have to be that this episode is the 20th episode of my podcast. That's just like a huge milestone for me. And I congratulations. Thank you. I've been just blown away by the support of listeners and getting the opportunity to share, you know, personal life stories, but also feature amazing guests such as yourself. Like I said, I've been looking forward to doing this episode with you. And I think it's, I don't know. I feel like it's just like a full circle, like not not just the fact that like we met on a full moon and then we're recording tonight um on a full moon but also that it's the 20th episode and I was like oh my gosh this is so just alignment I love it so much (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
So Jane, tell me, tell me how you got started in the journey of human design and like what led you to becoming a practitioner? Sure. Um, I'm a long time astrologer. Mm -hmm. So that is really like where my roots are in the foundation. Mm -hmm. Uh, I started studying astrology a little in high school, but got really into it in college. I was studying art in college and was taking astrology on like as a second major, just like in my home at night. Like I'd go home every night and study astrology for hours after (laughs) I finished up with my studio work. Mm -hmm. And that was like in the days of when Facebook was first starting to be accessible to universities. Okay. And they used to have this feature that listed all of your friends' birthdays, like, in birthday order. Oh, okay. Which you can't really do in the same format anymore. It does list them in order, but it's like, these people are having a birthday in the next couple days. But I don't think that you can just really set it up as, like, this raw list like you used to be able to. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of obsessed with... um, Facebook and adding everyone I knew and I was just so excited that my university was finally on there and I was going studying the archetypes but then going onto my list and studying the people that I knew in relation to their their birthdays and so I was able to really get a great viewpoint of like okay during the later parts of the sign, like these characteristics show up. And so I was able to like dive even deeper into um, the archetypes than normally I would have been able to as a beginner, Mm -hmm. because I was able to like birthday cluster these people. Right, 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 right. And then I, um, you know, did that for a couple years and, you know, study, study, study. Um, and then I had one summer where I was, uh, managing the pool at a country club and I was spending a lot of that summer on the lifeguard stand mm-hmm. watching the, the patrons of this pool. And at the end of the summer, I would call the regulars up to my stand and, and guess their birthdays. <laughs> and th- that was kind of the moment where I was like, okay, like I've been doing this for years. I think that it's, you know, applicable, but let's find out if this is really, um, if, you know, the proof is in the pudding here. Right. Right. And um, I was able to guess a lot of people's birthdays, like within a couple days um, and some on the money. And then the people that I wasn't able to successfully guess, Um, I had them come back to me with their birth times if they were able to get it. Mm -hmm. And more often than not, I was guessing their rising sign. And I was like, okay, this is, I feel confident that I can like move along with this um, in a way that, you know, doesn't feel like a big time suck and a a waste. Mm -hmm. Um, And now um, I, you know, a lot of times I'm, I'm, I am able to guess people's birthdays. I had like this moment at Burning Man this year where yeah. I had been keeping an eye on um, our camp lead. We stayed at a different camp this year than we, we typically run a camp and we took a year off from doing mm-hmm. that. And 
I was observing someone throughout the week and one night at dinner I like got the invitation to guess this person's birthday and I guessed it on the money and I and I guessed the, the date uh oh. the uh, like the year in, in addition which I I like have been doing a bunch of north node study lately mm-hmm. so I was like tr- trying to like trace it back and I used the north node to to guess the year um of this person's oh birthday as well and, and I that was kind of like a proud moment and everybody at the table was like I had done I had been doing <laughs> readings for people like as gifts throughout right. the week and so they already knew that I was kind of carrying this like special skill but mm-hmm. that really like changed the game for <laughs> the way a lot of people were viewing me in the camp at that oh, point oh my gosh that's <laughs> insane I love that so that's how I like started with you know, birth time modalities, um, human design has been on trend the last couple of years. Right. And when I first heard about it several years ago, I looked up my chart and kind of got a, like a quick overview and, um, was, you know, like, okay, that's, that's a thing. All right. I'm, I'm a, I'm a one, three projector. Mm-hmm. Um, projectors make up like approximately a little over 20 percent of the population um and uh yeah that was kind of it was just like all right cool um at that time there was a lot of paywalls for human design and um I kind of forgot about it for a while Mm -hmm. and just continued to do you know my regular astrology modality but in the back of my head like was you know it was on my radar and then I had a friend um actually she wasn't even really a friend at the time she was I didn't know her personally she was a sister of someone that I grew up with mm-hmm. and um we're we both do fashion and I followed her on Instagram because we were living in the same city at one point and we got to talking and I invited her to come stay at my house. You know, I'd never really like spent time with her in person before. I was like, well, if you ever want to come here, like come stay at my house. <laughs> she, she took me up on it and she came and stayed with me for like, I think over a week. And we were spending a lot of time together and she is also a projector. And she really is the one that opened the door to... Um, human design for me. Her name's Brittany Weltner. She has a company called Jomper. Um, she was also really into Gene Keys, which I'm not sure if you've heard of, but yes. Gene Keys is a book by Richard Rudd. She, yeah, so she got me into Gene Keys and she got me more into, she kind of was the one that like indoctrinated me into the experiment because mm-hmm. human design is an experiment. Mm-hmm. And she kind of taught me about like the natural inclinations for like being a projector. Um, she noticed that I had a lot of like generator tendencies, which a mm-hmm. lot of projectors like not in alignment, like do um, they're like running like generators and kind of like exhausting themselves. And she's like, I can't believe you're a projector. You just like go and go. 
And I was very much like deeply conditioned in my sacral, like up until 2020, I was like going and going mm-hmm. as fast and as hard as I could. Um, and still like carrying that energy with me when she was staying with me. Um, so yeah, I'd say it's been about three years that I've been in my experiment. Cause that was about 2020 when she came and stayed with me mm-hmm. and um she kind of was showing me the way the projector way and the you know unlocking the projector magic and helping me recognize that I don't have consistent access to a motor center and maybe the energy that I was pulling off of wasn't mine Mm -hmm. (laughs) and maybe it wasn't necessarily in alignment for me to be like going as hard as I was going right um and so now I'm these days I'm give myself a lot more grace in terms of my energy level and am better about tapping into my own body to like decide if um I have the energy for things and I'm not just like pouring from an empty cup (laughs) yeah absolutely no I love that I love that sense of just like awareness and how it was able to like you know learning more about your human design was able to application application is really important to me Mm -hmm. um so I find human design to be more applicable win coaching overall. Um, and it's one of the reasons, like I mentioned, I've been getting into the, the nodes of the moon, the North Mm -hmm. and South node. And I find that that is very applicable astrology. So in my readings, um, I go over human design, but then I do touch on the North node as well, because it's, it's as applicable as I find human design to be. Okay. And human design, I feel like, is a bit more accessible to people who maybe aren't as inclined to be drawn to a spiritual modality. Okay. See, and that's it's kinda, like that's corporate astrology. Wanted, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I wanted to like touch on because I, I mean, you know, you always meet those people that are like, you know, if you ask them like, oh, like, what's your sign? And they're like, oh, you're one of those people like you like go off of you know the zodiac and all that and I'm just curious if like is human design more of like something that could be explained more logically or more like to someone that's who's more like analytical maybe I think that if if you were to do a chart for someone who is more is it left brained yeah um more the they part. would probably resonate a bit more with the teachings of Ra Uruhu okay. rather than you know if you were talking to them about like tropical placidus okay astrology gotcha. you know in terms of the mechanics like I'm not sure if I'd like be willing to try to explain explain the neutrinos of human design to (laughs) um to someone who is like super um you know analytical and less spiritually inclined Mm -hmm. right um overall like I um I don't feel confident that I'd be able to like convince someone (laughs) that that human design is more you know scientifically sound than astrology but I do find that the languaging behind human design Mm -hmm. is more approachable for someone who is more of the mindset of gotcha gotcha what we're referring to yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that totally makes sense so 
So one um, phrase that I've heard used in the human design scene, I guess, is the aura type. Is that correct? Yeah, the aura type. Okay, so so break that down for us. Like, tell me exactly, like, what is that? What is an aura type? So there are four aura types in human design. And they're not in any way divided equally. They're very unequal. (laughs) (laughs) How many people have each? Um, You know, the Zodiac is like, you know, 12. Or if you're considering Ophiuchus, then 13, like, Mm -hmm. types. And those are, like, pretty, you know, overall, like, evenly distributed. Not totally evenly, but way more so than human design. In human design... Less than 1% of people are reflectors. Okay. And then we've got about 10% of people are manifestors. And then, like I said before, about 20% are projectors. And then around 70% are generators or a type of generator. Um, I'm sure you all have heard of, like... you know, if you're into human design, a mm-hmm. manifesting generator, which is not a manifester, it is a type of generator, manifesting Interesting. generator. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. So there are the four types. You said reflectors, manifestors, projectors, and generators. Yes, indeed. Okay. Perfect. So and the majority of people walking around are generators. Uh-huh. Um, and they, what makes them a generator is they have a defined sacral. Okay. So, so it's, you're it's a generator. Mostly- Oh, okay. Okay. So wait, wait, wait. Did you know? No. (laughs) We'll we'll get into mine in a second. Wait, I'm going to get too excited. (laughs) Okay. So, so, so focusing on those four, tell Mm -hmm. me, tell me like, um, I guess, I don't know, like the characteristics of each of those or like, where, where does that base off of, like you said something about the sacral. So that's, um, that's the womb space, the right, right above the root chakra. So, Mm -hmm. So go into that a little bit more. So generators, mm-hmm. um, so each aura type has a strategy and for generators, okay. their strategy is to respond. And the reason that their strategy is to respond is because they use their sacral to inform them of what they want to give their energy to. Okay. Love that. So as long as they're like living in response, mm-hmm. then they can utilize their sacral response to give them information about what they want to give their energy to and they want to be like going towards the yeses they want a full-bodied yes okay um in order for them to to really be on the path to more full-bodied yes opportunities it's kind of their little treat is that when they're on the yes train they get more like an avalanche of yeses are coming their way Mm -hmm. the manifesting generator is a type of generator that has a defined throat and they uh that is connected to the sacral okay um and they they have the same they have the same strategy to respond now 50 percent of people over all aura types have defined solar plexus which is emotional Mm -hmm. authority so Mm -hmm. you're you're an emotional generator um and that means that you actually you've got that sacral definition but your authority is emotional in that solar plexus and those people 
have an emotional wave that they have to ride and get on the other side of before they can ultimately make that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get that sacral hit that's like, uh-huh, or uh-uh, or neutral, which is also uh-uh. Um, but then they have to, there's no truth in the now for emotional generators. So you have to ride the emotional wave in order to to find out what the right decision is for you. Does that resonate with you? Do, are you is that feeling like something that you go through? I feel, I mean, like I am definitely a very emotional person and I've learned over the years that I've had to be very aware of like where I'm picking up the emotions. Like if it's internally or if it's like outside of me because I'm very empathetic. So I'm like, am I picking it up off of like someone I'm near or like a situation in and of itself? And I I have also learned not to react <laughs> based on the emotion in the moment um, and that great. I do have to like process. And I feel like my, yeah. my relationship with, um, with my man has really taught me that he's um, well, he's a Scorpio and I, I don't know what his human design is. I haven't done his chart yet, but he has been able to help me be like, look, if you're feeling something right now, just kind of sit with it before you like fucking explode on me. <laughs> like figure out what you're feeling first and then Mm -hmm. we can talk about it you know what I mean and so that's really helped me um in in life in general not just in my relationship but I'm just like okay I'm feeling like all these things and I'm like overstimulated I'm overwhelmed but once I kind of like dissect each emotion and figure out what exactly I'm feeling that I can respond in like an appropriate manner if that makes sense yeah I think that speaks to raw saying there's no truth in the now uh-huh for yeah for that 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 definitely yeah I like how you're saying that like there's no truth in the now like I don't know what the fuck is going on right in the mm-hmm. second but give me a minute and let me process each emotion and everything that I'm feeling and and a lot of times I mean like I feel I don't know like comparing myself to like two years ago like the two two years ago me was just always I don't know I just felt like on overload all the time like I I did I couldn't explain like what I was feeling. I didn't know like the different emotions that were coming up and I feel like that really reflects on like my childhood. Like I don't feel like my parents specifically kind of like taught me what emotions were. Like I didn't know what anxiety was until I was probably like 20 years old. Like I didn't know that that would that that feeling that I had um had a name. Like I didn't know what that meant, you know? And so when I was able to process that now I can be like, okay, I'm feeling anxious right now. I'm feeling nervous or I'm feeling excited, you know, and all those things and being able to just kind of dissect each of them. So yeah, that does resonate with me, I guess. I, I didn't really realize how much of an emotional person I was <laughs> until a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah. And I like to kind of explain it like people with that solar plexus definition, 50% mm-hmm. of people, they're like waking up in the morning and they're like, I feel this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're running background emotions all day. Mm-hmm. And oh, their absolutely. equilibrium is like, you know, in a constant emotional state. And now it doesn't have to be like heightened emotion, but mm-hmm. they're, you know, constantly, you know, feeling in something. their emotions. <laughs> I have an undefined solar plexus. Um, in fact, I don't, I'm a mental projector. I'm one of like 2% of people that are a specific type of 
projector called a mental projector. Mm-hmm. And I that means that I don't have any definition below my throat. I am a single definition and run one channel between Ajna, which is kind of like brain to throat. Mm-hmm. And that's my only def- definition in my chart. Oh, so all, wow. everything's okay. open below my throat and um, including that solar plexus. So I wake up in the morning and unless I'm like prompted to be feeling some kind of way, mm-hmm. I am like neutral. Like my equilibrium is not an emotional oh, state. Oh, interesting. Wow. I wonder what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I'll tell you kind of about what it's a little bit like. Um, So people with an undefined solar plexus, a lot of times our emotions come off as a bit more bombastic okay? because we are all of a sudden in response to something in an emotional state and we're not, you know, running that all the time. And so our emotions sometimes tend to be a little bit like louder other people's who have a defined solar plexus because you're used to running emotions all the time this is so intriguing to me I'm just like trying to process all of it this is so cool I love it okay 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 hold up hold up let's 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 back up just a second so sure we have we have the main aura types so the reflectors manifestors projectors generators and then you're saying that each of those have because you were talking about like the manifesting generator or the emotional generator. What do you call those little like branches off of the main? Yeah. So manifesting generator is the big one. That's like the one that people talk less about. Like, like I said, I'm a mental projector. Less people are speaking to like that type of projector. Cause like I said, that's only like 2% of people that are mental projectors. Okay. Um, so as a, as a as the mental projector like that added word that added title is that like a branch off of the main projector or It is it okay. is. Yeah, so okay. I'm still a projector but I'm just this very specific type of projector. Okay. And in that I have a different authority. I the mental projectors have their own authority um called like there's a couple different names for it um sounding board authority is the one that resonates with me the most in terms of what that authority is called and sound board authority is really interesting it's um I have to bounce my truth off of another aura and then claim it as my truth like off the bounce oh wow okay (laughs) when I'm processing something so when you're processing something you're riding that emotional wave and you're trying not to jump at the wave you're like Uh okay if I can get on the other side of the emotional wave then I'll you know have ridden the emotions and then I can make my final decision when I've like gone through that whole like arc um but for me I have to speak my truth and mm-hmm. then like hear it ideally bouncing like I said bouncing off another aura and then like hear that and then and then claim that as my truth so would you so, say that's uh, that's like a ver- like verbally processing something is that what you yeah okay, and okay. some people call it environmental authority which also resonates with me because okay. it's very important for me as a mental projector to curate um the, the prop to be in, in the proper environments okay and the reason for that is is because it's important for me to be bouncing my truth off 
the the right auras. If I can surround myself with the right people, then I can utilize them to hear my own truth. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, a lot of, yeah, my, my process is like, ideally like being with someone in person and then telling them like what I think I'm going to like do. And then, and sometimes like, it's amazing. Cause like, sometimes the things that I say, like I immediately can tell that that that's not it. <laughs> like, I'll say something to someone and be like, Ooh, that wasn't true. Um, you know, and sometimes I can like claim that um, uh-huh. sometimes it's not necessary. And I could just take a mental note of like that thing that I just said was right, right, right. not what I need to be doing or <laughs> not the path. <laughs> that's amazing but it's also like it's it, really important for me to be um because of that channel that I run it's uh, also really important for me to be like only speaking what I know is the truth because mm-hmm. um I've got some definition that indicates that like I'm like very influential like having a defined ajna and defined throat Mm-hmm. Um, especially if I'm like speaking with someone with undefined ajna and throat, like they're really like taking in what I'm coming up with. So it's it's pretty important that I stick to talking about what I know. I used to have a boyfriend in college. She used to be like, "Talk about what you know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk about anything else. Just let you know." I was like, you know what? I'm gonna work on that. <laughs> yeah talk about what I know so okay so you do refer to chakras in in each of the aura types so can you break down which eat like which aura type resonates with which chakra is that, is oh, that... that's not actually like oh, as is much that not of a, thing. a thing okay 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 it's not much of a thing it's different centers it's it's kind of like chakras They're, they call them centers though in centers. human okay. design so okay. we talked about a couple of them but let's talk about the other ones um, okay. And we can talk about which ones you have open. You don't okay, have yes. any definition in three of yours. And I did some um, some pulling through my material um, for you to decondition those centers. Oh, oh, okay. Um, oh, so wow. deconditioning is a word that's thrown around in human design that is about... Um, finding out who you are versus who you aren't a lot of human design is is recognizing who you are versus who you're you aren't Mm -hmm. and the open centers and the undefined centers are um they're kind of who you aren't (laughs) they're they're more so of uh I did a reading for a friend and he goes oh so they're like a vessel for the collective and I was like yeah you know they are they're a bit I love that for the collective okay okay um and and you know they're they're not really so much who you are um sometimes can be heavily conditioned so when you have an open center then you then and especially when you're hanging around other people that have it defined they can like heavily influence you in those open centers Uh and um, it's important to have good energetic boundaries with you know knowing that maybe what's coming up in that center just isn't you right and while you can like recognize it it's um, it's not actually part of your design and you can kind of like disassociate yourself from what's happening there 
Okay. Okay. So, um, okay. so with the with the chart or the graph or whatever, I know that when I pulled up my human design through like, I don't know, it was like a website that I used, it did show up like the different parts that make up a human design. So for the sake of listeners, mm-hmm. not having a visual, um, mm-hmm. you, can you describe what exactly a chart or a graph would entail exactly yeah so the graph looks like a person Mm -hmm. and then there are there's nine centers okay um there's going directly down the body there yeah so there's one two three four five six going down okay kind of that look like you know the chakras okay um in that straight line going down and then there's one on the left and two on the right Okay, interesting. Okay. And then there's channels running all over the place bet- between them. Okay. Um, so at the top, you start with what they call head, which in chakra languaging would be like the crown. Mm-hmm. And then below that is the throat. Then below that is your ego or heart center. And then to the right of that, is the G center, which um, is the center of like kind of dictating like who you think you are. To the far right is the solar plexus, which is what we talked about. That's that like emotional center. Right. 50% of people have that defined. Mm-hmm. And then to the left of that is the sacral. That one's pink in the chart. And that one is you know, like I said, 70% of people have that defined sacral. That's making them a generator or a type of generator. And below that is the root. That's a pressure center. And then to the left of that, the the one on the left is the spleen. And the spleen is, can be an authority as well. And it is like, gives you energy uh, on survival. So it's just um, by not defined, it's like not colored in, right? It's just like the, mm-hmm. basically like a blank. <laughs> yeah, like a blank and when blank. it's undefined, that just means that you're not running a complete channel off of it. So you can mm-hmm. see on your undefined centers, you have bla- little black half lines coming out. Yes, yeah. So the red part of the chart, if you look mm-hmm. up your chart on most websites that mm-hmm. you can find your chart on, then there's a column on the left with numbers that's red. Yes, I see and that. And that is your design side. Right. And then the black on the right is your personality side. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like bridges and tunnels. So your design side is the tunnels. And the personality side is the bridges. Um, you can see the bridges. You know the bridges are there without having to go underground. So we are typically like our self-identity, the way we see ourselves Mm -hmm. um, is like the personality side in black. Mm -hmm. Um, Like if I were to read to you about your gates and channels that have this black, you'd be like, yeah, yeah, that resonates with me. I I like that. That sounds like me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the design side is more like, you come to find that who you are through your through like experiencing other people experiencing you. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, got it. And so if you look at your chart and you it's gonna tell you you're a three five martyr heretic. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and that three and five are also indicative of like a conscious and unconscious line. So the first line, that three is a conscious line mm-hmm. and the five is the subconscious line. And so what, like, what do those numbers specifically mean? Are they like on a, like on a scale of like one to yeah, ten? So it's, okay. it's a, it's one through six. One through six. And okay. you can kind of think about the one through six as like, the different levels of a house. Okay. Um, so the one is the foundation and the two is like the first floor. Okay. Um, and then the six is like the roof. Um, and the five is like, you know, that like. The attic space. Floor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the three, I have a three in my chart too. I'm a one three. So that three in my chart is my all my subconscious line. So okay. that's less of like what I'm seeing. Uh-huh. Um, but for you, that's like what you are seeing. And that three is, um, that's the martyr. And they do a lot of bumping into things. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yeah. They le- they're experiential learners. Okay. There's really no such thing as a mistake to a third line. Okay. So the um, third, you said the third, the, sorry, the first number is what I am. That's conscious your conscious of. line. That's my conscious. Yeah. Line. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. Got it. So like, as I'm saying this, you're like, oh yeah, I was the kid <laughs> that burnt my hand on the stove and then never touched the stove again. Right. Oh, okay. I'm thinking mostly of like relationships, like shit I've yeah. been through in relationships. I'm like, okay, I had to learn that. And then now I'm good. <laughs> yeah. And you know that, um, the like, uh, relationship dynamic for the third line is bonds made and broken. Ooh. So we have to, like, break the bond sometimes in order to, like, rebuild. Yes. Um, And even if that means, like, I need a break for now, like, I need to just step away. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we don't need to, like, completely, like, walk away from the relationship. But, like, we do need to, like, take a step back. Yeah. And then that five for you. So that's the heretic. The five is the projection field. Mm Mm-hmm. So fives are, so Ra, the man who channeled human design, he says that the hopes and dreams of humanity rest on the shoulders of the fifth line. So people project their hopes and dreams onto fifth lines with the hope that they can fulfill the projection. Hmm. Okay. Um, It's really important for fifth lines to manage people's expectations of them. <laughs> fun. <laughs> so fun. So fun. Such a, <laughs> such a fun thing for them, I'm sure. <laughs> Especially when they're being projected on something that's so delightful and they'd love to be fulfilling. Right, right, right. Um, okay. And Ooh. so the the tricky part for them is like when they're when they're having something very delightful projected onto them that they would love to be the person to fulfill that projection but it's you know it can be something that you don't want to have to manage someone's expectations on because you Mm -hmm. just are really enjoying the projection of them thinking that you can fulfill that dream or fantasy 
Oh, wow. Um, but it's really important for fist lines to manage people's expectations of them because I'm sure you can see how it would be important for their reputation. Mm-hmm. Because when you're dealing with people's hopes and dreams and you're not able to fulfill their projections, then they're going to be disgruntled about it and mm-hmm. they might drag your name. Mm-hmm. You might wake up in the morning to find out they've told everybody before you even get out of bed. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I know we've kind of already been using my chart as an example, but I'm going to go back really quick and... Um... Yeah, or let's get, let's let's digress a bit. We've talked about generators. Let's yes. talk about projectors, which is the second most popular aura type because it's around 20% of people. Okay. Myself included. Okay. Uh, projectors strategy. So we talked about how generator strategy is to respond because they use their sacral. Right. Projector strategy is to wait for the invitation. Okay. So you and I, let's just like, I want to use you and I as a, we're a great example okay. of an interaction that was very much in alignment for our aura types. Okay. So you and I have a conversation. You invite me into a conversation, which is lovely. (laughs) I've been invited. So I'm participating (laughs) in the conversation and you're like asking me about myself and I'm telling you what I like to do Mm -hmm. and you're respond to it your sacral lights up and you're like I want to have you on my podcast right and then I'm like oh great an an invitation (laughs) that's like totally alignment for me and then as the mental projector with environmental soundboarding authority I'm like I would love to be on your podcast and then I like take that truth as it bounces off of you and claim it as my truth and I'm like yes I do want to do that I love that example okay yes yes okay beautiful that's perfect um so projectors wait for the invitation because okay while generators have an enveloping aura Mm -hmm. projectors have this like intense penetrating aura okay um and we are really good at like really seeing things and especially for me as a mental projector with only two centers defined mm-hmm. um I'm taking in a lot of information about the world through all my open centers and I'm like really seeing things like I'm someone who if you watch me you're like not much gets past this girl mm-hmm. <laughs> she's picking it all up So the thing about that is that I also, you know, I've got all those open centers, you know, really picking it all up through the open centers, but um, they're, because they're open, I don't have any definition in the motor center. And so I have, um, like we talked about with Brittany, my house guest who the fellow projector, um, she and I, you know, she's like, you are like, I think you're plugging into other generators energy because you don't actually have consistent access to a motor center. Um, And so it's really important for projectors to keep their, like their observations and they're like deep, they're, they're like deep knowing through their observations um, to themselves because, until they're invited to share it because we just don't have the energy to be somewhere giving our energy when we're uninvited. Mm, mm -hmm. 
Um, and also, in addition to that, not everybody wants to be seen. Not everybody wants to be penetrated. When, you know, like, when, when you're penetrated without consent, like, some consider that, that in, in sexual circles, that's rape. Right. <laughs> so it's, like, the same a little bit goes, you know, for human design. Like, if I were to, like, tell you all about yourself and you didn't invite me to, like, exactly. that could be really, like, some serious, like, boundary stepping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we wait for the invitation. It's really important for us because our energy is so valuable. And we are people who should really be celebrated for our strengths because we're what we're bringing to the table is really really powerful and amazing um and we're like great optimizers like as as a mental projector with the channel of structuring like I can go in and optimize the space I can be like walk into a room and be like yeah we've gotta like this would be so much more effective for what you're using it for if like this was here and that was there and this is here but imagine me like going into a space and telling someone that when they haven't like invited for that right, constructive right, right. criticism <laughs> like no honey like <laughs> close your mouth right. um but we're like people who so generator the our whole society is built on the backs of generators like they they can be enslaved easily um, if they're not following their strategy and authority and following their sacral yeses mm-hmm. um, because they have got that energy and that motor center to just keep going. They're the ones that like work the nine to five jobs and like hit the bed at night and just like go to sleep immediately mm-hmm. and, um, you know, feel really satisfied when they are um, doing that work that is really great for them. But projectors don't have that motor center. And so we really like, we should be working maybe like 20% of like what the the time that a generator works. But that 20% is as valuable as the generators work and we should be compensated mm-hmm. accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is something that like, society is gonna have to like come to find that like we need to be so much of human design is about individuation and you know leveraging people's strengths um and so yeah projectors are on their way up and we're like heading into a projector world in the next you know just a couple years um Uh and projectors I hope that we'll see people um being compensated appropriately for for their really valuable projectorness mm-hmm. um because we're really awesome <laughs> when we're in alignment and when we're invited to and be when awesome. you have yes when you have the invitation. <laughs> i love that and okay. when we've like cultivated our energy so that we have it to be awesome when mm-hmm. the time is right. Right. Um, exactly. So we're meant to like projectors really aren't meant to like sit around and wait for the invitation. We cultivate our magic in our spare time so that when we have the opportunity for someone to like see our light that, um, you know, we're worthy of that invitation. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I spend most of my days like studying my modalities and doing mm-hmm. my art. And, you know, I don't, 
leave my house like as much as I used to these days. I'm not like out in the world as much. I've got a six line partner who's on the roof, which we can talk a little bit more about that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we spend a lot of time at home and I'm just like at home cultivating my magic. And then when someone like Raquel comes along and she's like, leave me my podcast, yes. <laughs> I am prepared to, you know, bring the magic Yes, because okay. of the time that I've spent cultivating it. Yes. I love that. Okay. I, I definitely, I can like, as you're talking, like I know people in my life who are definitely protectors then because <laughs> just, just yeah. based off of that. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. So, okay. So you said projectors, their strategy is to wait for the invitation what about manifestors yeah and then so when when projectors wait for the invitation Mm -hmm. they um they will likely encounter their life's theme which is success they're meant to succeed and Mm. if they don't wait for the invitation then sometimes they'll encounter bitterness um bitterness is their not self theme and you can see how like an uninvited projector who's like interjecting would maybe like you know, be led down the road to bitterness. Um, okay. For you as a generator, your uh, your theme is your theme is satisfaction and ultimately mastery. Um, but your like not self theme is frustration. So whenever you feel frustrated, like think about have I followed my have I ridden my emotional wave? Um, and for pure projector, pure generators, like have I followed my sacral response? Um, so manifestors, 10% of the population, they inform. Mm. And they are the ones that are like spearheading the, the way. They're the ones that like cook up the ideas and they're like, I've got this great thing that I want to do right. and they have a dense and repelling aura, which like sounds aggressive and right. like, not, <laughs> not awesome, but it is awesome because they've got that dense and repelling aura so that they can like push people out of the way to like do what they are intended to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got to like, they've got to like move through this like, you know, dense environment. Um, and they, they, they do it with their dense and repelling (laughs) aura when they inform. (laughs) Um, they, uh, yeah, they're the ones that like, they're the ideas people. They're the inventors. They're the ones that are like, Hey, I've been, I've got this idea. Like, what do you think about this? And then the generator is like, oh, yeah, that really lights me up. That's a full-bodied yes. Like, I want to devote my valuable sacral motor energy to that. Right. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and, and then they just have to keep informing. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's tough for manifestors because a lot of them, you know, they, they get to a point in life where they don't want to inform. They just want to do it. They just want to, mm-hmm. like... Mm-hmm. They just want to do what they want to do and people get in their way They, you know, a lot of manifestors feel like people just like get in their way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it becomes sometimes like not so intuitive to inform for them um, because they don't want the resistance, but it's really important for them to inform because then they can get other people on board or they can inform so that other people can get out of the way. It's like they're very like, okay, are you are you you're either in or you're right? You're in, you're in. If you're right, you gotta get out of my way. 
they're not self-esteem is anger. Um, when they feel angry, they need to ask themselves if they've been informing. Okay. Um, so reflectors, less than 1% of the population. When you look at a reflectors chart, they have all white open centers. Oh. They have all hanging gates and no channels. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Have you seen very many of those? I have seen a small handful of those. Okay. Wow. Um, I know a couple reflectors personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've gone out of my way to be in the presence of reflectors on occasion just to know about them mm-hmm. more so that I can properly coach them because yeah. they're so rare. Right. Um, I met someone locally on Reddit who is a reflector and really into human design and we like got together for coffee Aww. and then I like met his partner uh, when I was vending and she was like oh yeah my partner's really into human design he's a reflector and I was Aww. like oh is it this person Aww. and she was like yeah how'd you know and I was like because they're less than one percent <laughs> just like one person less than one percent of people and I just happen to know someone who's really into human design and is also a reflector so oh, that's an awesome really good that, that was the yes <laughs> I love that. So, okay. So what is, what is their strategy? Their strategy is to wait a lunar cycle. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Can you imagine? No. (laughs) (laughs) I can't either. It's crazy. They wait a lunar cycle. Yeah. Cause they have to, um, they have to like soak up all the information. I mean, if you think about it, their whole chart is like how we talked about, um, vessel for the collective uh-huh their chart is they're in t- they they are the vessel for the collective and what they do is they reflect the health of the community back to the community wow wow mm-hmm. that must be like heavy like that's all i can think of <laughs> like yeah i am friends with a manifest I'm sorry a reflector child one of my good friends has a reflector child oh and he remembers everybody's names that he wow wow he's like young I mean he's like four I think Mm -hmm. and like if you meet him even one time like he'll look you like with his big like eyes and be like hi Jane and I'm like oh my gosh how's this kid like nosy <laughs> you're like this kid's looking at you and you're like this kid's like taking it all in like this kid I feel really known by this child Aww. um but like we were uh he was actually at the event I was at last night and mm-hmm. um you can tell you know like you can imagine like being a reflector child like how intense it is to like be so absorbing right right and then you know so he like was over it like as the sun was going down it was like time for him to go home yeah he's like I'm decompressed you know he's like I've like been absorbing the energy of everybody at this event for hours I gotta get out of here wow okay that's fascinating it is fascinating and I'll give you an example of okay. like a reflector out of alignment. Um, okay. I was part of an art collective here in Portland 
for a couple years and it switched hands and with it switched hands to a reflector the reflector started making the reflector like was absorbing the space and everybody's like commentary about the space and the you know the health of the community we were in Uh and went into action pretty quickly um and started changing the spaces Um, yeah prior to her coming in there were like several maybe like eight different spaces within this space and we would, in order to turn a profit and keep that space, we would just kind of change one at a time. Mm-hmm. Like we we needed like seven spaces running and then like the eighth would be like under construction mm-hmm. and we'd like rotate what was under construction. Mm-hmm. Um, but when she came in, she wasn't waiting a lunar cycle to make decisions and she started making all these changes in all the spaces at the same oh, time. Yeah. And it like fell apart immediately. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's like a great, you know, example of like what could happen when a reflector is like out of alignment and mm-hmm. not following their strategy. It's like if we would have waited a lunar cycle, then it would have, you know, become clear that, like, we can't support all these changes and it needs to be, like, a progression. But she, you know, came in and just kind of, like, steamrolled it and was, like, taking on everybody's, oh, like, no. you know, criticisms <laughs> and then her own ideas about how she wanted the space to be. And then it was just, like, it just got, like, really whirlwinded, you know? Yeah. No, that's a great example. So... Looking at my chart right now, so it says that my inner authority is emotional, right? Yes. So yeah. So anybody with a defined solar plexus, fifty percent of people have emotional authority. If you have a defined solar plexus, it like trumps everything. Right. So how how do you determine that my like looking at a chart? How would someone know that my solar plexus is like the is the inner authority is it the color or how no it's just the fact that it's defined because because it's like because it is it trumps everything Mm -hmm. like if you have a defined solar plexus then you are emotional authority okay so what i so 50 percent of people are walking around with emotional authority okay so if if somebody were to be like hey like what's your human design i would say i'm an emotional generator yeah, you would say you're okay. a three five emotional generator. Three five emotional generator. Okay. And like okay. they may or may not know what that means. <laughs> what that means. <laughs> but you're giving them a lot of information about yourself if they do know what that means. So how would you I guess how would you like describe to someone, um, like say you have a client and they're just like, Okay, like what could I learn about myself through human design that I like I couldn't learn for example through like my birth chart or like my Enneagram or something like what about human design do you feel like makes it really definitely like like, understandable I guess these um these authorities Mm -hmm. I mean these authorities are huge Mm -hmm. like astrology does not teach you your authority 
And also your strategy. Yeah, strategy and authority is really like the foundation of human design. And for anybody listening who isn't familiar with human design and you've gotten this far in the podcast and you're like into it, Mm -hmm. that's all you need to start your experiment is your strategy and authority. As long as you know your strategy and authority, you can you can start you're you're in it you're in your experiment a lot of coaches talk about how like that's all you even need your first year of your experiment all you need is your strategy and authority like you don't need to know you know your motivation and transfer motivation and like getting into the weeds on like every gate or like you know all these because it's so nuanced like we could literally have we could have a whole podcast series and I could continue to talk about human design for like you know 20 more episodes and just turn (laughs) into the human design podcast but um you but you don't need all that information if you're starting your if this is new to you and you are starting your experiment right now all you need is your strategy and authority and that's not something that astrology is going to tell you and that's something okay so so I, I guess I didn't really even say this so when like in order to pull up your human design, you need your date of birth and time and city, correct? Yes. Okay. I, I hadn't even mentioned that. I totally forgot at the beginning of this. Me just thinking that everybody would know that. Okay. So in order to pull up your, your chart, you would need your birth date, your um, time and your city that you were born in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So um, I guess kind of on a closing note barely but okay so what can a potential client expect like when they do book a session with you yeah I am available for new clients and I'd love to book a session with any of you tell your friends um I do sessions in person or on the phone Mm -hmm. um I love having people over to my home to do sessions um, or we can meet in public if you'd rather, um, if you're in the Portland area available and eager to meet with you and do a session. Um, my sessions run about, I have like a standard session that I sell. Um, and I can totally like cater this if you want to or need to, but Mm -hmm. a lot of my customers, um, don't, uh, they, they're like kind of more intro to, to human design. And mm-hmm. so what I do for them is about an hour, hour and a half long session. That's $150. And we sit down and I talk about your channels, which we didn't do today. You're running four channels that we didn't talk about. Okay. But maybe you and I can do a session sometime. Yeah, no, I'm already planning on booking with you. So <laughs> yay, fun. <laughs> um, Uh, and so we talk about your channels we talk about your strategy and authority um we do we do more than the basics like their money's worth like I am so like ready to to lay it on but um I you know I also like don't want to give them too much um I give them homework I I send them home with tools for deconditioning we didn't go too deeply into deconditioning but I'm prepared for our session because I've got information for you that I'm excited to share for your open centers that um, I'd invite you to decondition. And um, I also, in addition to that human design information, I do go over your North node. 
which I okay. touched on briefly at the beginning of the podcast. Yes, yes. And that is the North Node is a the North Node and the South Node are on a fixed axis and they run in about a year and a half long transit. Mm-hmm. And the North Node is the energy that you're meant to be like leaning into in this lifetime. It's the energy that we're most resistant towards. Right. Um, and the energy that holds our uh, lessons that we're meant to be learning in this mm-hmm. lifetime. And our South Node on the other side of its axis is the energy that we're moving away from. It's the energy that we're most familiar with mm-hmm. and the energy that we crave And the trick is that if we want to receive that south node energy that we crave, we need to be acting in alignment with the north node. We need to be leaning into the north node. So I do applicable coaching on how to receive that energy by leaning into the opposite energy. Okay, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to our session together. I mean, like for, you know, for the sake of the podcast, I wanted to be able to go off of a chart, but I feel like obviously there's so much more to get into my chart and I'm like that's so like personal I want to like just have one-on-one time with you to do that yeah <laughs> and I have like done enough research on you already that I like am really seeing you know a lot of times when I study people I'm like gosh they've got like these sweeping themes mm-hmm. that I'm like excited to talk to them about and mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm excited to do your chart with you, Raquel. Yes, we're gonna have so much fun. I'll we'll definitely. I mean, I'm yeah, it'd be fun to do it in person too. Yeah, exactly. I'm definitely gonna like officially book it soon. And since I live, since we live in the approximate area, we can do it in person. That'll be amazing. I love it. I love it. Well, do you have any closing um, closing notes that you'd like to? Any closing comments or anything you wanted to touch on, reiterate, or anything for our listeners? Gosh, I don't think so. This was so much fun. This was so much fun. I had a blast. (laughs) (laughs) This was great. It was so informational. I'm like literally like taking notes during the whole like episode, like any questions. I'm just like writing them down. I'm like, okay, that makes sense, you know. But yeah, oh my gosh, thank you so much for, you know, for being on the show. And um, just for all your insight, I, I feel like I've learned so much. And those are like my favorite episodes. It's just like learning from my guests. And that's part of you know, the vision for my podcast is not only to share like personal experiences, but also to um, bring awareness to other people's, you know, businesses or like what what their talents and gifts are. And this is just so insightful and amazing. And I'm so blessed to have met you and our, you know, our paths crossed at such a perfect time where I'm just just now starting to get into this. So I was I totally manifested meeting you though, because I was like, I'm going to meet someone soon who's going to help me learn all about this because I'm so intrigued. And then I, you know, go to our mutual friends moon circle randomly enough. And there you are. <laughs> Yay! I love it. I love it. I love it so much. So, well, Jane, I, um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. And to my listeners, I will be having, I will be putting all of Jane's um, contact information in the episode description, but girl, thanks so much for being a part of the show. And I can't wait to see you in person for my session. Excellent. Thank you so much. It was such a great time. I'll see you in the future. All righty. And to my listeners, you've been listening to highway triple five. Again, my name is Raquel and I will catch you next time.